So here's what we're going to do this morning. I uh, spoke with Ms. Jennifer on Friday, and I said, I don't really want this to be like a sermon. I just want to have a conversation with her, and at the end of the day, make it as practical as possible for you guys, because I think uh, one of the things that we've heard over the past three weeks is we've We've, we've talked about the idea, if you're going to overcome offense, then forgiveness has to come into play. Um, but I think one of the most common things that I've heard over the, the past few weeks is, okay, I understand forgiveness has to come into play. I just don't know how to practically get there. I don't know some of the steps that I need to take to practically do that. So that's kind of what we're going to talk about this morning. But before we dive into that, Ms. Jennifer, let's go ahead and actually define what offense is. Well, when we look at offense, we can look at a spectrum of, it can be very minor, um, someone rolled their eyes at me or someone didn't invite me to a party or an outing. Um, it could be um, all the way to an offense being um, I've been physically or sexually abused or um, someone who I love died and my offense now is against God. Absolutely. Okay, so we have a, a spectrum of offenses. So when we were talking about offenses on Friday, you mentioned when somebody gets offended, whether it's eye rolling, whether it wasn't you weren't invited somewhere, or maybe it's in the context of a relationship, you mentioned something that we experienced called the wave of emotions. Yeah. Would you explain that a little bit? Well, when we are offended, it means that we are injured, um, emotionally injured. Now, if we look at physical injury, every time we get hurt, our natural response is to become angry, right? Yeah. And so, so is the same with an emotional offense or injury and also a spiritual offense or injury. Our natural response first is anger. And so oftentimes what I find in counseling is that we don't want to feel the intensity of really bad negative emotions. Mm. So we'll, we'll, we'll avoid them or we'll ignore them or we'll, we'll um, use that anger in an unhealthy way and instead of targeting what the offense is or the person who we offended will target everything else in our, in our environment and that anger becomes out of control. So what I talk about, the wave of emotion is, uh, often in counseling we'll say, you know, our emotions are part of us, they're how God created us, mm -hmm. and if we acknowledge them, then it's easier to process through them rather than get stuck. So I often give people the, the analogy of imagine a surfer on the surfboard and swimming out into the ocean, right? And there's a wave and the wave comes and you ride the surfboard and then you get to the top of the wave, but then you come down to shore, right? Isn't that how we surf? You know, a surfer. Surf Louisiana. You know, a surfer. But, but if you can have that image, that is how emotions, the wave of emotion comes. The intensity of the emotion that we're trying to avoid is only a matter of minutes. But we're so afraid to even engage in the, those matter of minutes that we will do so much to avoid it. And we'll spend years, we'll, we'll spend years rather than two minutes getting through it. So, so what do you think is the common reason, like why do we avoid it? When, when, when you experience that wave of emotions and you know somebody's offended you, maybe it, it, it could be so simple, but I think there's like this default in, in a lot of us just to go, I don't even want to deal with that. So we walk away and we end up creating a bigger problem. Why do you think that is? Well, I think because it's hurtful. Yeah. I mean, who says, yay, let me go into that. <laughs> That's so true. You know, it's like, ah, is our natural response. You know, yeah. when, when we're angry, we, we often will retreat or we will really do some harm 
more so than, than the harm that was done to us. And so our natural response is to, to either fight, okay, to where we go after it, or we will freeze, where we will kind of become paralyzed and not do anything, or run from it. And so that is how God created our threat system, and we will respond to injury, to pain, in any of those three areas. Now, the cool thing is, is our brain takes over, and it, it is our brain that chooses which of the three responses we will engage in. Hmm. It's not a conscious decision. God created us with a threat system, and the purpose of that threat system is to keep us safe, to survive, okay? So the brain kind of does this and kind of calculates the whole environment, and it chooses which option yeah. will, will best increase your survival. I got you. So sometimes it's, it's run away. Right. Sometimes it's explode it's, back. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes it's freeze. Absolutely. I'm, I'm a freezer. <laughs> so let, let, me, let me play this out for a second. So let's say this morning I'm at church, and I'm just throwing a name out there because I don't want to use anybody specifically in here, but Claire, my wife. No, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Um, but let's say I'm at church, and I, I'm greeting or whatever, and I'm shaking somebody's hand. And when I go shake their hand, um, they kind of give me this look. And I'm not sure if they're mad at me or offended at me. I don't, we didn't really exchange words. It was just kind of this look. And so after I shake their hand, they walk into the sanctuary, they sit down, and they probably aren't thinking anything of it. But now my mind is like, you know, constantly calculating. Did, what did I do to offend this person? Did I say anything? Did I do anything? What was the week like? Did I do anything like that? Or, or, or what happened? And now it leads to now I'm offended mm -hmm. because of that one certain look. So what do I do in that moment? Well, I want you to understand that what we often take on an offense, it's, it's really our assumptions, okay. what we are already just kind of perceiving, mm -hmm. and, and oftentimes that perception is not based on reality, hmm. okay? So it's more what's going on with, within us. So maybe I am insecure. Maybe I brought something into the day sure. where I'm, I'm just started off with a bad day and someone is kind of noticing I'm not my usual bubbly self or outgoing self, and so they're kind of like guarded with me mm -hmm. and not wanting to intrude or maybe it's just them even respecting okay you're a little different today that's all right yes, but okay. we're interpreting it as it as it's something that um against us yeah so do you think most of the time people get offended and it's not necessarily the other person's fault it's usually something we're dealing with internally would that be true or no absolutely yeah the the thing that i often say is the way i respond to someone has more to do with me than with them yeah. because of what's going on with me. Even, even if it's like a toxic environment, like yes. even if you're in an environment where maybe you're at work and a boss gets angry at you and you explode mm -hmm. back, mm -hmm. would you say that's usually still something that's going still on? Still something within you because if he um, devalued you or somehow you felt um, less than, mm -hmm. then it usually is linked to a past unresolved hurt or offense, and that, that begins to be a common thread. That past one, then another one, and now this one. And so that hurt, that anger, that pain comes to in this moment. Mm -hmm. Okay, and a lot of people don't realize 
that it's, it's um, we call it a 210 reaction. Okay. Where what would normally be someone would have a, uh, out of zero to 10, zero meaning it's, it's not a big deal, 10 meaning I am like enraged. Some people will normally have a, a two response reaction to that, whereas because I have unresolved offenses, yeah. and, and each of those offenses, the common thread has been I've been devalued, and the person did not know it, but that's been my trigger, my response to not being noticed or not being asked to do something or not being praised or whatever. And so that offense today, the common thread is I'm devalued, and so I'm going to respond as a 10 rather than a 2. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So it, it, it literally could, however your day went or however your week went or whatever you are encountering oftentimes can determine what your response is going to be yes. in that situation. Yes. Well, that makes a lot of sense. So going back to the scenario that I created earlier, Let's say now, because here's what I find a lot of times with people. Okay, so I, I shook his hand. He gave me this face. Um, now I'm offended, but they have no clue what's going on. And they probably didn't even know they offended me by just a simple eye roll or a look or maybe it was a limp handshake. I don't Whatever it was. Um, now I'm offended, so, but I have a problem moving on. So now I'm holding on to that, and now I'm creating this scenario in my head. Every single time I see this person, now I'm reacting out of that, well, man, they shook my hand, and now that, that one shaking of the hand went awkward, and now I'm, I'm starting to see other things. Maybe they, maybe they bumped shoulders with me, and I'm like, well, maybe they didn't just ran into me. They actually meant to bump shoulders with me because they were trying to say something or, you know, whatever it is. So how do I release myself of that offense? Like, what do I do? Well, I'd like to add to that. You're not only looking at that person now. Now you're evaluating, okay, is my handshake okay? Am I looking at people in the eye? Am I smiling? Yeah, so, yeah. so now you're like hypercritical about yourself to make sure that, you know, is it, is it, is it everybody else? Is, is, did he tell somebody something about me? Is that mm. person thinking? So, so then it becomes so magnified, yeah. right? So it's not just about that one person. It then begins to spill over into so many other relationships mm -hmm. that we have. So, okay. so then you might see somebody in the corner talking, and you're like, oh, they're talking about me. Right. But they're not. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what then do you do with that? Well, you have choice. You always have choice. You, sure. can, you can remain um, kind of stewing in it, mm -hmm. and, and that's completely your right, but you will also have the consequences of that, wow. the misery of that, um, and, and nobody else can pull you out of that until you're ready to be uncomfortable enough to do something different, okay? So we always have choice. And the cool thing how God created us is if we're going to make that choice, then we're also going to have a felt response to that choice. We're going to have that ook, that yuck, that we're going to carry around with yeah, us, right? Yeah, totally. And we're going to feel it here, or we're going to feel it here, or our heart, or, you know, we'll be nauseated or feel the pit of our stomach, um, or butterflies every time we see that person. Or, sure. So, so we're going to have some really uncomfortable physical response, not just uncomfortable emotional response. Absolutely. And if we're not careful, because we are mind, body, and spirit, we will also have a spiritual effect of, of those responses. Mm. So. Okay? 
by holding on to that, you're saying that it could even hinder my relationship with Jesus. Absolutely. Yeah. When we're injured, it changes the way we see ourselves, other people, and God. Absolutely. Every time. All three are affected. Hmm. Okay? So you have a choice to stay there. And I think, Pastor Zach, what a lot of people don't realize is, well, that's the only choice I know. So what else, mm, yeah, that's so true. what else can I do? How yeah. do I go beyond that? Okay? okay. And so I think that's kind of what a lot of your series is and what today is focused on. Sure. And so how do we go beyond that? Well, you have to get to the place to where you're just uncomfortable enough hmm. to where you want to do something different. Nobody can bring you to that place. Nobody can sit you down with words of wisdom and say, look, man, you know. So true. It has to be an internal decision. Yeah. Okay, how long we sit in that yuck depends on the amount of pain that injury has caused us. However, the longer we sit in the yuck adds to the pain. No. So, yeah. so it even it's it's just like a, an effect. It's like it just yeah. gets worse and worse. It does. Yeah, you never will gain a positive ref, um, effect from a negative emotion. So what I'm hearing from you is that ultimately at the end of the day, the only way to release yourself of that offense is to confront it. You have to decide to at least be willing. Yeah. Okay. And that's a process. It is a Correct. process. Okay. It, it's, it's very much a process. And, and we're going to struggle internally with that. Do I, don't I, how do I, do I even want to, you know, so there, there's an internal conflict, an internal struggle mm. that's very, very real. And if God had not created us with the ability to have that struggle, then we would not have conviction. We would not have, you know, just, just guilt is good. Guilt yeah. is okay um, because sometimes it can propel us, motivate us to, to want to experience something to resolve it. Okay, okay. so let's say now... We're at a place where we realize, okay, I don't want to sit, like you said, I don't want to sit with that gross feeling anymore. I want to, I want to move past this. I want to deal with this. I realize I'm going to have to confront some things. How do I get to, you said that there's four phases of forgiveness. Yeah. So how do, I, how do I walk through, like, legitimately overcoming that offense so that when I don't see that person anymore, I'm not, like, seething. You know, I can, I can actually deal with it. Okay. Well, I want to I wanna, um, inject something before okay, we go, go ahead, there. Yeah. There are a lot of people that I hear, well, I don't like conflict. Yeah. So I, I, I don't, I'm yeah. not going to, you know, be that person yeah. to, to go. So if they want it resolved, they're going to have to come to me because totally. you know, I'm just not going to step out. Well, that's okay. You cannot like conflict. And, um, but do you not like conflict more than you like the miserable inside yuck? <laughs> so it, it really just depends on where you're going to get to. But if, but if you could learn, if we could teach you how to not address conflict or create conflict, but if we could teach you how to help yourself heal and help the relationship heal or help you through the forgiveness process, would you not be interested in that? rather than, okay, I'm just not going to do that. Absolutely. And then what happens, the more we just don't do that, the more our world gets smaller and smaller and smaller, okay? And then everything becomes so magnified, 
and then we won't risk relationships. We won't build any new relationships. Oh, so and, good. And we'll transfer all of that hostility into every relationship that we have. So mm. it's never just about that one offense. Absolutely. So, so when, when that happens, you're literally seeing the world through your own lenses. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And it's distorted. It's, it's a distorted lens. It's a distorted perspective. It's not based on, on the truth. The lie may be through which you're seeing things. I'm not good enough. Um, I have no value. I'm not lovable. Okay? With an offense, there will always be a negative, distorted perception about yourself. Again, other people. Other people aren't trustworthy. Other people just don't like me. Yeah, okay? so good. And then God. Well, where is God? You know, if he's this loving God, I surely don't feel loving, right, loved right now, right? Yeah. So the enemy comes when there is an offense. The enemy comes and takes ground in our minds, our bodies, and our spirits and begins to plant seeds of lies. And at that point, we then become more under his sway and more under his influence. And so that's something to consider spiritually. Do I want to avoid conflict or do I want to experience the fullness that God has for me and the truth that his freedom brings? So that's something that we really need to battle. And so I just encourage you to sit in the battle Mm. and work through it. And if you need to ask someone who is um, able to help you through that battle, but do not ask someone who is going to join you in that battle against someone. Yeah, okay, so talk about that for just a, a brief moment because I think, let's say you're getting into the process where you wanna, I wanna start working through this and you understand, okay, community is gonna be vital to me, to me working through this, but oftentimes, like, we do not, like, when we finally go talk with somebody, let's say you got hurt in a marriage or a relationship and, and you, you go find a girlfriend that you wanna talk to or another guy, but you end up talking to another person who is usually like in the same pain that you're experiencing. Mm -hmm. So it might be a girlfriend who maybe she's dealing with something. And so rather than that girlfriend helping you, it becomes toxic now because now it's not working through the offense. It's literally gossip Mm -hmm. and it turns into now that other person is just fueling your fire. You know, so how important is it to just talk with the right people that will love you enough and tell you the truth? Oh, it's the most important part of the process because if that person is joining you and adding to the yuck, that's not someone who's going to be able to give you a real healthy perspective of what's going on. You want someone who's going to say, well, I hear what you're saying. I'm sorry that you got hurt, but how, how can I help you work through that? Yeah. What you, we, when we're hurt, we need someone, an empathetic listener. We need someone to hear us, but that person hearing us should not be the person who's going to add more fuel to the fire. It should not be that person who's going to keep us in that yuck and and help it to continue stirring. You want someone who's going to help you walk out of that with encouragement, with love. And and sometimes love is like, you know, I really see you're in a, in a, a really bad place and, and it's affecting other areas of your life. How about we pray and let's, let's see what God will show us how to get out of this. Absolutely. And, and, and that's so important. Like, and, and I think a lot of times, especially when you're offended, people do genuinely love you. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying like 
they're telling you the truth in a harsh way, but it is in a loving way, but it's the truth. Mm -hmm. It can still hurt. So sometimes there's this tendency to avoid people like that. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to run away because they're not telling me exactly what I want to hear. When really, in reality, those are the people that we really need to surround ourselves with. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so we're at the point of we want to work through the offense. We want to forgive. And I know you didn't want to spend too, too much time on this part, but let's just talk about real briefly um, the four phases of forgiveness. Okay. Well, Pastor Bubba talked about it last week. Yes. Okay. And he called it different names. Correct. Um, But phase one is just uncovering your anger, recognizing you are angry. Yeah. Okay. And and being able to ask the questions, um, who hurt you? How deeply were you hurt? On what specific incident will you focus Okay, so it's just asking the questions. I think we have a slide on that. You if do? You wanna, yeah, if you want to throw that one up, that anger slide, if you wanted to show people that real okay. briefly. There you go. Okay, so, so with anger, there, what I want you to, to notice with the slide, anger is going to be our first response to injury. But look at all of the other emotions beneath the anger. We call anger a secondary emotion, which means there's so much under it, that's <laughs> our first emotion, Anger, though, we, we usually have a, a, an array of, of emotions that are like four emotions. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Happy, mad, sad, and afraid, right? Yeah. But the, God created us with, with a variety. In fact, there are studies that are being done that we actually more function out of 30 emotions. Wow. Okay? So if we look all that's underneath the anger, there's the embarrassment, there's the rejection, um, the shame, guilt, uh, frustration, um, being overwhelmed, unsure, regret. Okay, so I want you to understand that there's just so much so more than just anger. Yeah. Right. And so if we can identify the emotion beneath the anger, we can better understand what's going on at a deeper level. Absolutely. And then the uh, second phase is deciding to forgive. Well, we can make the decision, but that doesn't mean that, okay, it's a done, done deal. Yeah, right? and, and that's one of the things that frustrates me a lot with 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 church and and all is that a lot of people will say, well, the Bible says you have to forgive, so forgive and be done with that. Yeah, but it's just not that easy, y'all. It's not just uh, it may begin with a decision. Sure. But there is a process, and today I wanted to explain the process and break it down into the steps sure. a little further. Yeah. Okay? And then phase three is working on forgiveness. And, and working on forgiveness is kind of more where we stay the longest. Okay. Okay. Um, I said where we stay the longest. Probably where we stay the longest. Let me make a correction. The place we stay the, the longest is even just deciding to forgive. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I have clients that have come a year, two years, and, and, and it's taken even that long to decide to forgive absolutely okay because of the wrestle that we talked about that's a lengthy process sure but once we give in to that and, and i'll go over the the chart in a little bit sure. but once we give in to that then it really does move a little more quickly yeah okay and then the the last one is is uh, releasing the emotion releasing the forgiveness okay so those are the phases of the forgiveness model. so w- would this be an accurate statement if I said something like, you know, forgiving is just, it's, it's deciding to enter into the process to forgive. It's not, like you said, it's not 
in that moment, everything is forgiven. Like, okay, I choose right. to forgive this, but in that moment, I'm deciding to enter into a process. Right. Necessarily. Yes. You know. We call it immature or premature forgiveness okay. when we just say, I forgive you. You know, you, you teach our, we teach our children, oh, he hit you, and tell him you're sorry, tell him you forgive him, and okay, go out, go out and play. Yeah. But I tell you that even in that, that person who was injured still walks away with a sullen sadness angered heart okay so we Absolutely. don't we don't just give the the mouth service of i forgive you and then it's done there there are other things that that's going on so um it begins with i'm not even sure i want to yeah okay yeah. just even just entertaining that okay i know i'm supposed to forgive Lord, you know, just kind of like um, close your eyes for a minute because, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> deck this person. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, because I'm not ready yet. Yeah. And it's OK to not be ready. You're getting yourself ready. It's just it's not OK to stay there in that yuck. But you'll get uncomfortable enough to begin to motivate yourself. And what I just encourage you in that uncomfortable, if we were to invite the Holy Spirit into that place. In that uncomfortable it's, it's a process called lamenting, and, and we'll go into sure. that a little bit more. But if we invite the Holy Spirit, he is the helper. He is the marvelous counselor. His heart's desire is not for us to struggle and to be in pain. He wants to join in, but we do have to invite him. Yeah. And so if we're at least willing to do that, um, but oftentimes at that place, we're also offended with God, and we're not trusting him. And so that's where I just want you to understand it's a process and if you can know well lord i'm not trusting you right now but can you come and just do what only you can do at the level of trust that i have i, I give you this 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 little bit of trust mm -hmm. okay sometimes we think we have to give it we have to surrender all everything mm -hmm. but there are steps where we're not a, we're not willing to surrender this part yeah but i can surrender bit by bit yeah. And as you prove yourself trustworthy, Lord, then I can trust you more to give you more. And, and that's not really talked about. No, and that's so, and that's so good because, like you said, I, I think many of us in here have had, like, grievous offenses done to us. And it's not just going to be, oh, you heard a sermon on, you know, forgiveness and offense, so walk out of these doors and forgive that person. Right. You know, but when it's been... Maybe it's a lifetime of something that someone has done to you, and it's not just going to undo in 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's literally going to be a process. It's going to take time. There's going to be healing that you have to walk through. Yeah. And some days may be good, and some days may be terrible, you right. know. Right, One of the things, though, I want to uh, really stress is that God created, as 2 Timothy 1.7 says, that God created us not with a spirit of fear or timidity, but he created us with the power of love and... Sound mind. And sound mind. Yeah power love in a sound mind and so everything that happens to us no matter what we suffer from no matter what incident has happened God has created us with a process to restore us back to soundness of mind so if you are experiencing anxiety depression all that's from some wounding some offense absolutely okay and he has created us with a natural process toward rest, restoration toward healing and is that process that that we really want to lay out for you today okay so let's let's talk about that so we all we all go through like you said 
I think that's a good thing to point out is if you're walking through some kind of hurt or some kind of offense that God actually has a way for you to be restored. Like mm-hmm. He doesn't want to just leave you there. Mm-hmm. So um, you talk about this not natural process that we all walk through of, of, of healing. So let's, let's walk through that. I think you can throw up a slide there too. And that as she talks about this, you can kind of see the different steps on there as well. Okay. And so we talked about the offense and the wounding, and we, we defined what, that, what sure. that was. So let's take your example. You're, you're shaking the person's sure. hand in, in, in the in This the is front. a hypothetical situation. Yeah. This did not happen this morning. So. Let's clarify. Because <laughs> everybody, be, was that yeah. me? Was if that your me? name's Bob, I'm sorry. It wasn't. <laughs> okay, so the offense. Um, and so from there, you will have a response. You will be responding. Okay. The responding is, I didn't respond one time. I am continuing to respond, yeah. right? That internal what's going on. And our response is going to be like we talked about, fight, flight, or freeze. That's our natural threat system because every time we're injured, we perceive that to be some sort of threat to our safety, our well-being, our integrity, mm. right? Okay, yeah, so, so that's going to be a threat to us, and we will respond how God created us to respond, Okay. How we respond is not right or wrong. It is how God created us to respond. What we do in that response is all on us. Absolutely. Okay? So the emotions that we may experience are our array, the anger iceberg that we showed, all that's underneath the, the, the anger, um, the embarrassment, the feeling rejected, discounted, whatever it is, okay? Um, our four emotions, mad, sad, glad, or, or scared. When we're offended, we're usually not, not glad. So, but I did want to <laughs> let you know that those are <laughs> yeah. basic four emotions that we function from. Okay, and so af- as we're responding, we're trying to manage. Okay, we're managing. We're, we're, we're attempting over time, okay, I'm going to manage this offense. I'm going to just kind of um, go about my day. I'm still going to, you know, do what I need to do, tend to my responsibilities, things like Pretend that. Pretend like it's not affecting me. Pretend that it's yeah. not affecting We're trying to return to normal. Yeah. Like our state of being before we were offended. Is yeah, that ever good. possible? <laughs> no. But we're trying. That's just our mm. natural response to what we're, how we're trying to manage. We want to go back to what we call in, in counseling equilibrium. Mm. We want to go to the sta- back to the status quo. Okay. Back to how things were before right. the offense because that yeah. was comfortable, that was yeah. known, that was safe. Okay, so that's how we're naturally going to be managing, and the managing phase is always temporary. We'll manage for a period of time until we're not able to, yeah. but there will always be a not able to time. Okay, so the struggling, then we're struggling. Then we're like, okay, it's not working like it used to work, and I don't know what else to do. And then so the struggle, I, I refer to it as quicksand. Mm. With quicksand, you know, the more we, the more we, we flail around, the, the deeper we, we, we go into it, right? But do you know that in quicksand, if we were to lay flat, okay, put our, our heads back and lay flat and, and, and pick our feet up to where we are on top of the quicksand, we will not sink. Okay, so the struggle actually makes us drown more, makes us hurt more, makes us um, feel more pain, be more resentful. It just intensifies 
the emotions that we're, we're trying to avoid. Yeah, or, okay, so it really blows. Um, in this phase, it really begins to be, um, things get really ugly, okay? People can see it on our faces, yeah. okay? Our blood pressure may go up. Uh, we may have um, that pit in our stomach, the nausea, nauseated feeling. Uh, we may have um, just less patience, less tolerance, and we're just snapping with, with other things. So that's what's going on in the struggle, mm. which, which then moves into the regressing phase. Okay. We will get worse. <laughs> we may not think it's worse. But it's worse. But it's a, everybody yeah. else around you knows that it's worse. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so we'll regress. And what we're doing in regressing, we're trying to still do the same, manage it, cope with it the same way that we've always done. Yeah. And it's not working anymore. Okay. So then we're kind of not giving up, but it's like giving into the, into all of the pain and the just allowing it that, to fester. Yeah. And, and what's, what's happening is you will absolutely begin to feel some physical results of that. Okay. Yeah. You'll feel the weight on your shoulders. Okay. The, the heavy burden, you'll feel the pain in your heart. You'll feel um, anxiety. You'll feel depression. Okay, so it does have a physical response, and it'll generate a whole lot of other negative emotions. It goes and finds those negative friends, and, and they all have a party within you. <laughs> that's <Okay>? awesome. <laughs> and so, um, so that's kind of what's going on with the regressing. Yeah. Okay. In the regressing, it gets to that point to where we're so miserable that we on our own begin to either cry out to God or we will reject and run from God. Hmm. Uh, yeah, okay? that's good. And so that's a very, very crucial phase in the healing process. A lot of people want to avoid that. A lot of people want to like, can I bypass that? Yeah. No, you can't because that's what's necessary for healing. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. It's like when, when you burn yourself, right, and you go to the burn unit and they have to debris it, Ugh. right? That's the debriding part, hmm. the regressing, the struggling, all that's the, the debriding. But what's the purpose of that? So that new skin Absolutely. can grow, okay? Would you say in this phase when we're regressing, this is when we commonly, instead of like feeling everything that we're feeling, this is when we go, we also numb? Yes, like because is, it, that's our shut off. Absolutely. That's when we turn to substance or even it, it could mm -hmm. be like Netflix and chill out. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to think because mm -hmm. the moment that I actually stop, then I got to think about this stuff. Right. Absolutely. Right. We, we want to shut it off like it's just too much. Yeah. And we will go into those behaviors that are actually going to be more harmful for us. Sure. Okay. So, um, so a simple glass of wine turns into a whole bottle. Right. A simple pleasure right. turns into something that's overindulging. Right. Yeah. And it's the overindulgence. We will always yep. go to more than enough. Sure. Okay. Because the little bit doesn't do it, so I need a little bit more, and then I need a little bit more. And that can be whether it's shopping, whether it's alcohol, drugs, porn, whether it's um, just kind of avoiding close relationships and I'm just going out and do things by myself. Yeah, so good. it's always to the extreme. Okay. Mm. And then the phase that naturally comes is the grieving process. Mm. When we've had enough of enough of enough, 
there is naturally crying out, grieving, and, and really just, just tearing at your heart, and that's when we'll have the breakdown, okay? And that I, I can't do this anymore. I've had enough, okay? We are created to grieve. Yeah, it's true. But we want to avoid that. We, yeah. Again, we don't want to go into the pain of that. But we cause ourselves more pain over years of avoiding than if we were to just stay in the process. Okay? So one of the things today is to help you understand God did not create us to not go through the process, but we will naturally in inhibit the process. So I want you to know you have that natural factor sure. to inhibit, to impede the process, but you also have a God divine process that he created you to go through restoring you to soundness of mind that involves grieving okay yeah. and if we go through it then we can grieve well yeah okay so in the grieving it is considering what was lost okay maybe it was the relationship. It. Okay, relationship maybe it was um, my loss of integrity uh, maybe it was loss of pride, or, pride yeah. my expectation that I had of, of someone else. Okay, we have to recognize that there are times that we, we will have unmet expectations. When we place expectations on people, we do it without their permission or their knowledge. That's so true. Okay? But then we're, we're left disappointed, and they're clueless. Yeah. Right? So we have to evaluate what, what expectations did we have that, that really are, are, are not, um, not part of reality. Sure. Okay. So the grieving, we grieve what was lost. What did it cost you to lose that relationship? Hmm. What did it cost you to, um, to let go of that hurt? Yeah. What does it cost you? Okay. So what does it mean? What does it cost you? At what expense to you? Hmm. Okay. In evaluating what it costs you, and part of the grieving is, an, is a process that we see David going through the process in the Psalms. Yeah. He is lamenting. Yeah, okay? and, and lamenting is, is really just a, a real, a raw, authentic, uncensored dialogue with the Holy Spirit. Yes, and this is a very healthy thing. Yeah. Yeah. We, we really will not do that because we feel it's just yeah like, like ooh, I can't absolutely. talk to God like that when he already knows what we're thinking right <laughs> he knows our thoughts before we think them absolutely right he's gone before us he's behind us yeah. he knows everything about us yet we won't go to him and confess it sure so if you have a friend or a child and you know that they're just really really heavy burdened about something and you really don't want to approach them because you don't want to interfere you don't want to sure. interrupt and you're just praying for them and inter interceding for them, you're like, Lord, if they would just come to me and I, I, could, I could just kind of sit there with them and hold their hand or, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. The Lord is doing the same thing with us. Absolutely. If they would just come, come to me hmm. and if they would just give me what they're going to, going through and just, just let me hold their hand while they're going through it. Absolutely. Okay. One of the things I've found um, with, with my personal journey, but with so many people, is when injury happens... We want to ask why. Why, God? Yeah. Right? But it's not the answer to the why that we're seeking. That, that why is not going to satisfy 
our hurt. Hmm. It really won't. What we're wondering is, where were you? No, and what is all of this for? Absolutely. Why am I going through this right now? Yeah. yeah. What, what's the purpose? What's the meaning of this? What, and where, where were you? Where were you during this time? Because when we're injured, we will feel alone, abandoned by God, by other people, and that's what makes us withdraw, right? Yeah. And, and self-protect. But the Bible says that he is always with us. So I, I challenge people to ask, okay, Lord, this happened. Sure. I was abused here. Where were you during that yeah. time? Where were you, Lord? Could you show me where you were? Yeah. And that's not like, that's a good question to ask God. Mm-hmm. And I think some people sometimes, because we come from these such like churchy backgrounds of like, I can't, I can't speak like that or I can't have this honesty, like all of my words have to be cleaned up and polished. And even, I think it's honestly, and maybe I'm far out of line, but I think it's even a healthy thing to talk like that with close friends. Absolutely. You know, like just to... It, um, there may be some, some, some words that you say, maybe you're not going to say in public, but if it's really how you feel in that moment, like it's a healthy thing to just get that out there. Mm-hmm. You know, because if not, if you don't get it out there now, you're just holding it all in. Yeah, it's, it's not like it's not happening. <laughs> exactly, it's happening inside. I mean, you may not say it about that person, but you're surely thinking it. Right. You're surely thinking it about the whole situation, and it's actually a very healthy thing That's to right. let that out. Well, the Matthew principle tells us to go to the person. Absolutely. Right? And so we always want, because as Christians, the Bible is our instruction book, right? Absolutely. It has everything that we need in order to learn how to function as God created us to function. And so using Matthew Matthew principle, we go to that person because we will go to somebody. (laughs) Sure. Okay? Going to that person is the, uh, that person is the only person who can help us resolve it. Hmm. Because it's between the two of us. Yeah. No, that's okay. so good. Okay. So going back to, to lamenting, okay, when, when we hear about David being, you know, man after God's own heart, well, why? Was it because he was without sin? No, not at all. <laughs> no. He had many. <laughs> right. But he wrote Psalms, right? He did. And with Psalms, he is telling God, why have you rejected me? Sure. Where are you? Yeah, you know? Slaughter my enemies, kill that, them. Yeah. That's right. And, and you've left me. You know, yeah. I'm a, you've abandoned me. Yeah. So he gives God the real and the raw and the ugly. Okay? But as you read the Psalms, you'll notice that as he's lamenting, the natural process, he's crying out his pain, he's crying out his loss, he's crying out his anger, he's crying out his confusion. And as he is connecting heart to heart with God, there is a shifting. There begins to be a pouring out and an ability to then receive. And he then begins to receive and hear what the Lord is speaking to him. Or he begins to have truthful revelation of, wow, my perception of God is not reality because now I'm reminding myself of how he was true here, how he showed up here, how he was faithful here in this situation. Totally. totally. Okay? And so that's our natural brain's ability to to adapt information in a positive way. Hmm. It's there. We just need to follow along the process. That's so good. Okay. So good. And so in the grieving there's a lamenting. The the lamenting is necessary. Through the the 
lamenting, as we're grieving, we then kind of slide into the next phase, which we then begin to surrender. Okay. Okay. The surrendering, a lot of people want to think that the surrendering is in the beginning. <laughs> it's not. It's not until there is a lamenting yeah. and accounting the cost and the grieving. Hmm. Then we can be in a better position to kind of, okay, now I know that some of this is already starting to process through, process Absolutely. out. I'm able to experience some relief. Hmm. God is showing up. He's given me some revelational truth. He's shown me how he was there, or he's given me my what. Absolutely. He's helped me understand. Okay. Now I can trust. The surrendering comes with trust. Now I can trust, and I can continue to let go of the pain. Let go of more and more and more, bit by bit, though. Okay. Well, and I love to see how, like, surrendering is, like, number seven. Yeah. On the chart. It's like, it's not like in the very beginning, like you said, Isn't there's this crazy? whole process that you've walked through first before you even get to that place. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we just want to, all right, I want to surrender, surrender everything right now. And I don't, I'm not realizing why I can't, because there's this whole natural process that occurs right. to even bring you to that place. Right. You know? And a lot of our resistance in the beginning, in our managing and struggling and all, sure. is, is our misperception that I need to surrender. People are telling me, just surrender, give it to God. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm not ready for that. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? I still have some work inside to do yet. Sure. Okay? So through the surrendering, letting go of the pain, we will naturally go into the acceptance. As we surrender, we then begin to accept more of what God has for him, be able to accept God's perspective, be able to accept his revelational truth, and allow that to sit inside of us and kind of breathe that in mm. and kind of reacclimate to what that feels like yeah. lowered blood pressure right um, my anxiety is reduced my depression has lifted mm. um, I'm more willing to connect with people I have life I can experience joy now I can make right absolutely okay? so some of those natural emotions that have been covered up through the anger and embarrassment and rejection, then can begin to kind of be, be stimulated through the natural process. Wow. And we begin, I can't tell you how many clients come back, I, my joy is re returned. Absolutely. Okay. And you, you probably even feel the changes of that in your physical body. You do. Absolutely. You don't have this nausea anymore. Yeah. You don't have this, this heavy chestedness. Probably sleep you know? a little better. You, you're sleeping yeah. better. Um, even your perspective, the way you see yourself, you're going to have more confidence. The way you see other people, you're going to be able to see other people through mercy and grace more hmm. than, than judgment. Okay, so wow. all of that begins to kind of be part of your restoration in the healing process. Okay, that's, that's part of the returning to soundness of mind sure. that he created to naturally walk through. Absolutely. And then we can get to forgiveness. At step nine. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Then we're able to, as we're, as we're surrendering and accepting and experiencing more, more positive emotions as those others are emptying out or being resolved and mm -hmm. healing is coming. This is a yeah. healing process, okay? We're not free, okay, at that point. I don't like, oh, uh, you know. People say, you know, you just need to experience freedom. 
Freedom is, a lot of people want to use it interchangeably with healing, but, but I'll tell you the acceptance may be the, the freedom, sure. but that's not the complete healing. Wow, yeah. Okay? Yeah. So forgiveness is, is a natural process, but we do need to walk ourselves through it. And a lot of times people have the, the misperception of what forgiveness is. Hmm. Right? Okay. So what forgiveness is not because a lot of times people like, uh, well, I'm not going to forgive that person because then it says that it's okay for what they did to me. No, that's yeah. not what forgiveness is. It's not condoning what someone did. Sure. Right? Um, forgiveness is not pretending that everything is fine. Let's just kind of wear the mask. Absolutely. And, it never happens. Yeah. yeah. Forgiveness is not stuffing everything inside and, and hoping that one day it'll just go away. It, it's not something that, that you can even be pressured to doing, okay? And forgiveness is not forgetting. It's mm, so good, because that doesn't happen. No, no. But, but we're heard over and over, forgive and forget. The past is the past. Yep. Leave, leave it there. Yeah. But y'all, we're not made for that. We're not made to just leave the past in the past. Yeah. We're not made to forget. It would be foolish to forget. Yeah. And let me, let me help you understand why. When we say leave the past in the past, the incident that occurred has happened 10, 20 years ago, whatever, okay. okay, in the past. However, the emotions that we experienced during that incident, that wounding, that offense, we carry with us because they download in our bodies. And that's what that yuck is. Hmm. We can identify that yuck and put, a, put an emotion to it, okay? And so those feelings if they are not resolved, they stay with you yeah. and they grow. And so the emotional response that we experienced 10, 20 years ago, it's still a felt response today. So it's very much a present experience. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So we do have to go back to the, back to the past to resolve, to work through this actual healing process that we're talking about with each incident. Hmm. Okay. No, so good. that today we can have some relief. What forgiveness is, it's letting go of the anger and resentment. It's a choice, okay? And it's, it's shifting into acceptance it, and understanding. Is it a daily choice sometimes? Sometimes it is. Yeah. But that's part of the surrendering. We, we surrender bit by bit, mm -hmm. okay? And so if we're deciding to forgive, we have this process we don't okay we're done with there and we, we don't we'll vacillate in in and out sure. of those stages sure okay experiencing because we give up bit by bit we surrender bit by bit yeah and y'all know that that's true right it's not a, a complete yeah it's just not a one-time there deal. you go yeah, absolutely okay and so in the forgiveness process it completes the healing so that's the whole stage of it. Yeah. Then you can live healed. Hmm. Then living healed is I no longer have that felt response. I no longer have that 210 reaction because there's the threads of each incident that, that has been connected to bring me to today, that thread has been broken. Absolutely. Okay. The strongholds that kept me there, the strongholds are, are literally just lies that, that we believe. Okay. So as the Lord brings the revelational truth that counters the lie, then we're able to live from that truth. Yeah. Instead, I am chosen. I do have value. 
Absolutely. Regardless of this person's opinion, mm -hmm. that does not affect my value, who I am as a person. So when you're living healed and you finally come to the place of forgiveness, what are some um, ways that we're now responding? Is it now to, now I'm living healed, so now if the offender, the person that offended me, is that now, rather than seeing them in a, a bad light, I actually have compassion on them now? Absolutely, I'm, yeah. I'm praying for them now? You can now. pray for them yeah, wholeheartedly. Not yeah. like, okay, Lord, I pray for the tree to fall. But you yeah, can pray them, wholeheartedly <laughs> for, for their well-being. And, and, and the Lord will show you how to pray for those people. Hmm. He will show you what he understands about them and where they are in their process. Yeah. And, and so then you, you can really be used by the Lord as a vessel for intercession to pray for the pr people who, who have hurt you. Yeah. And you do that with his mercy hmm. and his loving kindness. But through the acceptance, through the forgiveness, your heart begins to be renewed. Mm -hmm. Okay, It's not just a returning to soundness of mind. Understand, mind, body, and spirit, our spirit is affected. Sure. We're able to then connect better with God, Okay, more yeah. on a personal heart-to-heart -heart level. We're able to then experience those emotions mm -hmm. of, of, of the abundance of life that God gives us. And we're able to actually extend mercy and enjoy um, and kindness. And then the Lord uses us to model for that person how the healing process unfolds. No doubt. And then I think, I think you end up moving into a place of you start giving other people the benefit of the doubt. You do. When they start offending you or they yes. start saying something, you realize, man, I've, I've walked in that person's right. shoes before. That's I know so exactly what they're experiencing. And they're not necessarily trying to wound me. Right. It's just something that they're battling with personally. So maybe right. their words came out as offensive mm -hmm. and they came out as sharp or damaging or whatever it was. But you begin to realize you give that person the benefit of the doubt thinking, man, they, they may have had a horrible mm -hmm. day, mm -hmm. a horrible week. Or, and you begin to see people in a completely different light. You know, right. that's good. Yeah. So what does that conversation look like to go to that person Man, who's offended you? I think it looks a whole lot different now. You know, I think it's, um, one, you, you start off with compassion rather than exploding in like a, a rage towards that person. I think that you actually care about that person now. You lean into maybe what they're dealing with. Um, I don't know. Yeah, and it may just be, hey, Bob, yeah. can I talk to you for a minute? Absolutely. You know, um, you know. The other day when uh, when I shook your hand and, and just just that look you gave me, I I kind of yeah. I kind of felt like maybe there was something I did or did do. Is is there anything that did I misinterpret something? Sure. No, or it's good. or is there anything that that you're holding against me or or that that maybe we could talk about? Absolutely. You know. And then all of a sudden, boom, the issue is squashed. Mm -hmm. It's over. So that's the confrontation. Is that painful? Is that like, will change your life? Absolutely. But will it harm your life? In no way. No, not at all. <laughs> right. That's so good.